0: This is Michael Ko from the Punk Rock and Politics Podcast, and you're listening to some of the best podcasts available on the internet,
1: only on the No Phony Podcast Network.
0: Hello and welcome to Heroes Garage. This is becoming more of a weekly podcast where we review movies and TV shows. Mostly what we're doing, though, Bill, is we're watching things that are popping onto our streaming radar.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Um, What we will be reviewing in this episode is The Old Guard, which is on Netflix. It dropped probably two weeks ago. Um, This is a Greg Rucka comic book and Leonardo Fernandez did the art on that in the book and he is also Greg Rucka, that is. He also is given credit for the screenplay. So if you have read the book, which I've read most of the book, I realized about three-fourths into that graphic novel that the screenplay was pretty much the same. They changed a little bit here and there, but it wasn't enough for me to it didn't raise an eyebrow. Mm-hmm. So Greg Rucka, for those who are not familiar, is pretty famous for a lot of different writing. He he has been ahead of his time in his inclusion, in his portrayal of of communities that are typically marginalized. And mm-hmm. um, those in the non-dominant group, I think that's what he's known for as a writer. Uh, property-wise, he's written mm-hmm. a lot of youth young adult novels for star Wars. Okay. He wrote uh, wonder woman when there was a big rebirth reboot in the DC universe. He wrote uh, the first like 48 issues of wonder woman. It was wonderful stuff. Uh, I right. didn't hurt that. I think Nicola Scott was the artist on that and she is amazing. And um, he also has done Lois Lane uh, recently, a 12 issue maxi series and so he's done some stuff over the years he's a comic book artist he's a novelist he's an uh, an established writer so if we look at credit wise as we kind of move along with some of the facts before we get into the opinions uh-huh. uh, the actor on this the main actor is Charlize Theron and she is of what fame what do you think is the most famous thing that she's done
1: um would be the one that she won an Oscar for.
0: Which one was it? Monster. I know she was a monster.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean the the latest of greatest of fun action films would be the Ma the Mad Max.
0: Yeah. Right? Bombshells.
1: Right. That so did, she Yeah, that was good. Yeah, she you know, she's a top, you know, top shelf actress right now. So, she seems to be spitting out a few movies a year. So, yeah, yeah I mean, Mad Fury Road, um, you know, she played uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. Uh, let's see. Um, she's been in a few of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Bombshell, obviously The Adams Family, which didn't do that well. Yeah. Uh, the new one, Green Gringo so fast and furious right so she has quite a uh, portfolio of work i would say um,
0: yes it probably makes up for some of the other actors which probably have done their work over the over their careers but nothing close to what what she's done um you have kiki lane as nile uh, matthias shanards as booker <laughs> that was rough um marwin kanzari as joe Lusa Marinelli. That's just like Rob Marinelli, the uh, the former defensive coordinator for the Bears. So I think I got that one right. He plays Nicky. Uh, so I want
1: you I want you to pronounce uh, uh, Chi or Chai. Can you pronounce his name?
0: Kai Edgefor.
1: <clears throat> Is that how you pronounce it?
0: No idea, but he played Copley.
1: Yeah, he's probably next to Shirley Steer and probably the most uh, mm-hmm. recognizable face from. 12 years a slave and a host of a lot of other movies that he's a part of. He always, he has that distinguished look, uh, that carries through in the movies, you know, being in, um, Dr. Strange was a phenomenal role. He poured Mordo. So yeah, he's been, um, in Martian, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of the supporting roles and he, you know, he's, he's got a lot of, uh, fame to him, himself as well.
0: Yes, this is directed by Gina Prince Bythewood. Yeah. And so what is the story about? This is basically a vampire story that is repackaged <laughs> into creatures <laughs> that they don't call vampires. So uh, what do I mean? They yeah. have some of the facets of a vampire, meaning they live a very, very long time. Right, right. What they don't the do it. They don't suck blood out of anyone's neck. So we're glad we didn't have to see that throughout this entire Mm -hmm. series. Mm -hmm. Um, They're loners. So you don't see that much of a pack mentality with vampires too oftenly portrayed in the movies. True. Um, This is a fantasy movie. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't really get into the weeds. This is not about how did these people become who they are. Right. It was basically a slice of life in the life of an old guard member which are these right. entities that look like humans that are almost immortal.
1: Well, they, yes, well they're yes, almost immortal. Can, yes.
0: Their immortality can wear out and but things can happen to them that would normally kill a normal person and they will right. They will resurrect, and they will heal, and that's kind of the trick pony that's the trope in all of this um that's right, it sure they're is. they're hoping to find something interesting right. uh, within that um so I'll turn it over to you, Bill. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the story and, and what you thought of the the story Was it interesting? Was it a good story how did you th- how did you experience the story
1: well, you know it's, it's interesting when you get um these characters um Like you describe, that have this sort of immortal uh, lifespan. You try to figure out, well, what do they do all day long? What's their purpose? And that's really what the story is about: is how it developed into this purpose for them in their lives, you know, and how long they lived and how long they encountered uh, man throughout history, and it brings them up to present day, you know, without telling too much of spoilers you know they they are a part of this you know as you said this group this clan and um you know it it, i guess that if you're if you're going to immortal you be immortal you you would have to either um just become a wild maniac or actually have purpose of some nobleness i would say and really that's what this is about and uh how they can um then survive uh throughout time how's that i I try to sum it up without giving any thing away
0: yeah and if i were to like share my opinion about the story go for it so what's interesting about this what's interesting about the story the potential interest for me would be some of the experiences that these immortals or nearly immortal people have right, experienced. Right. What could have been interesting would have been maybe some of the dynamics between these you know, 900 to 2,000-year-old beings. Mm-hmm. Um, what could be interesting is maybe even flushing out how time puts a perspective on an experience and a, a historical experience where we all look at it one way. Because history right. really is nothing more than individuals kind of sharing their own views in right. their history books. And we've learned that over the years, how history changes based on, on the author. We didn't right. get any of that, though. And well, I don't, so that was not fleshed out in an interesting way. I think what we have well, here is a premise that could have been interesting, wasn't very interesting, and therefore. It really, when you rev that story engine up and you think, "Hey, we're really gonna go somewhere," there's a lot of sputtering, a lot of smell of gasoline that's not really fully burning, and the exhaust looks really, really dangerous.
1: Well, here's my question for you, because you, you said that the graphic novelist wrote this. Yes. And um, you know, did the screenplay? So, how did you find the graphic novels compared? to this was the graphic novels. I mean, you, you, you kind of went into the actual art was, was amazing, mm-hmm. but what did you find within the storyline of the graphic novels that maybe carried over or not carried over? Was the graphic novels uh, uh, interesting at all?
0: You know what the, the, what differentiated the novel from the screenplay is they took out a lot of the, um, sexual, Adventures of the main character, Andy. And I think that's what the artist was trying to do was tell a story while normalizing and validating the experiences of bisexual, homosexual um, individuals who lived forever. So there's a lot of, when you start to unpack that, you see that in today's society, you would see an importance. Because of the, this whole conversation that's been heightened around the treatment right. of marginalized communities, and you would see, well, right. hey, if these individuals have been around for 2,000 years and they've experienced all this thing, people will look at that as like a validation, and and maybe those characters will be less marginalized. That was really dampened in the Netflix series. In fact, I don't know that I saw evidence of any of that, unless you remember anything like that. I don't remember a single No,
1: there are hints of it. I think that they they probably um, decided to focus in on more of the story than the individuals here, even though you had one character that was uh, obviously more immortal, the leader, than the rest, and they didn't get lost in the Uh, I guess, quote, romanticism of the character, but uh, really focusing on uh, present-day immortals and what they would encounter and the way that the story would then develop from there. So it went left from the individual to more of a story approach.
0: And I think that made it less interesting, uh, boring. Um, Just if you take out your personal opinions about you know, the judgments that people could have about, you know, someone's lifestyle. And you just look at the story, you pulled the uniqueness completely out of the story. So the story to me felt a lot like instead of showing men running around killing everybody, you show women running around killing everybody. And they really didn't show, flush out the differences. Like um, we've learned over the years that this idea of of supporting communities that are part of the non-dominant group is not about making them the same it's not about if the conversation mm-hmm. isn't about fairness it's not about competition it's about equity and mm-hmm. when you think about equity you're thinking about what is their power what is their voice what and that voice of that main character andy is lost you you don't right. see a unique voice there and i think that has everything to do with the story now, if we flush over to the characters, I think the character portrayal by the, by the main actress, which I always screw up, Sharice uh, Theron, she, I thought, how do you say the name, Bill? Charlize.
1: Charlize Theron.
0: I'm so horrible <laughs> with names. Embarrassing. Her.
1: Continue. You're on a rant.
0: Yeah, she was good. I thought she was interesting. I thought she carried the movie. I think if you, well, uh, yeah, if you had a worrying mind, she yeah, she
1: the had a- a wor- she's the air character. I mean, I I have to agree. Is that it? Uh, it was um. It, I mean, although albeit there is entertaining in the fight sequences and um, there were some cool effects that were going on with them. Being these skilled fighters, I mean, it's always interesting with that. Uh, that was fun, but the depth of it was really missing because, like you said, it's it's the when you don't focus in on the character and the development in their history, you, it kind of gets lost. but at the same time, this is a movie, and um, there's a lot. That's the problem of taking taking a graphic novel series or or a thick book um so to speak and cram it into two and a half hours what do you spend your time on right um how do you develop it now that that's the art of uh, making a great movie but yeah. the problem is is you have too many great too many characters a very complex plot a um you know a history that you're trying to show a part of a mystique that become shallow and you just really produce like you say a male version of an action film that um, you know we've seen many times
0: yeah and maybe the one thing that fleshes out there that that is unique is that the actress actually pulls it off and at no point do you question whether she could handle or do any of the things that they show her doing you're convinced that she oh yeah she can more than handle it and I think that is a I think that right. in and of itself does make a statement. I think right. that what makes the story and the plot and the, the everything just kind of I, I call this like hot dish. Like you have these elements that when you think about, hey, the idea of eating a uh, you know meat, nicely seasoned meat, that feels good, right? Add right. some onions, add a good sauce to it, add some, some noodles. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, that can be great. But if you don't do it the right way, it just tastes like mush. And that's what ends up happening here. <laughs> because
1: I, I was going to say, I, I would say mush. What you're describing <laughs> is it ends up being overcooked meat.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's just and this is this is <laughs> something where they pulled all the uniqueness out of it. They tried to homogenize it enough so that they wouldn't alienate. The general audience and right. what they ended up with was something not all that unique. So that's right. my opinion of it. The graphic novel wasn't much better, though. Mm-hmm. I think that where they're trying to flesh out all this meaning, we've just seen those stories a million times and we've seen them happen in a more interesting way. Right. Um, I, th- I think you have these characters here while you focus all this energy on Andy and it feels like the development of her mentor relationship with Kiki, uh, which is the character Nile. So, Andy and Niall, you you see the budding of a relationship where she could be taking over in some way the role that Andy is in, maybe later on in this series, which I'm sure they'll have a second season of this. However, that part of it was really, they really kind of blanded the whole thing out. It was just, they kind of of
1: rolled over it, I thought. Yeah. I mean, they they alluded to it, but it rolled over it. I I think that, you know, you're on to something. What really makes me more curious. Because the way that you've described the graphic novel. So in order for graphic novels to be produced, there has to be some substance behind it. There's some fanfare. I mean, when you look at Umbrella Academy that is coming out very soon for season two, even Lock and Key, there is a lot of uniqueness that's there. And these are two very popular graphic novels. And now you create this graphic novel on the old guard. That is it just because you have this controversial character that they dumb down to make in a movie that is a leading lady and they realize, oh, Sharice Theron would be would be great because she hasn't done a Netflix movie. You, you kind of wonder why they would turn this graphic novel into a movie. That, you know, I, I see that it has promise, but to me, it's not something that um, I would go to the movies to see. Honestly, if this wasn't on Netflix, I would go to the show to see it.
0: Yeah, it it kind of falls right into the you just you just threw up a softball for me, for one of I my did. my favorite <laughs> my favorite sayings. This is a Tom original. Here we go. You know, anything Here. is a good idea or a bad idea. It just depends on how it goes. Yeah, and this it didn't go well. <laughs> I mean, you think of this ancient creatures, right? Led by a character whose sex is female. It has all the characteristics of what you would typically describe as a male. So you're flipping a lot of stuff around and you think, well, there could be something interesting in there. You could see some courage. You could see something different, but you just don't. So they it just didn't go well. (laughs)
1: So no, it mean, just didn't go anywhere. No, it didn't uh, go anywhere. You know, with, without giving away to the show of, of what actually happened in the movie, I, I think that what I, I see here and what I hear from you, and I would agree wholeheartedly, is that we don't really get a full, flushed-out background of this character. We just get a modern-day view of them with this with a series of flashbacks, because... You know, Tom, flashbacks are thrown in there to explain who the character is.
0: Yeah, they do. And, and in this case, I don't know that they were employed as effectively or efficiently as they could be. Because when they are done right <laughs> and when they aren't the entire story, <laughs> um, it can be powerful. Like you get this little right. flashback that makes you like, oh, ooh, I want to know more about that. But. Right. The only time I felt that was that other character who... Right. We can't locked go into in,
1: it. No spoilers.
0: Yes, we can't. There's another female character. I think her name is Queen Quinth mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. Um, That was a really interesting moment, and I think I would like to know more about about that character. But as we kind yes. of land the ship here on this review of, of Old Guard, before we land the ship, actually, would you comment a little bit on the visual aesthetic <laughs> maybe the cinematography, just the whole kind of experience itself. Did you think that there was anything noteworthy there?
1: That's funny. If you had your volume to it turned up, you could hear me sigh. Um, you know, it it uh, there wasn't really anything there. It was very commercial, I would say. How's that? That's my word I will use, that it was commercial, that meaning that it doesn't stray to anything adventurous. It does its job in maintaining what you expect out of an action movie. Right. Right. Um, there, you know, there wasn't a lot of stunts that was, you know, it grab your attention. The, the fighting scenes were brief, briefly choreographed. Uh, they didn't spend a lot of time in that. Um, I mean, it, it came across really as to me, um, really formulaic for for formulaic there you
0: there go there you
1: go spelled the Tom there yeah formulaic netflix movie i mean we're starting to see that a lot more aren't we tom i mean this is we're starting to see in and uh, series and movies that netflix it has really become uh, you know like what we would expect out of universal and other movie production companies that you could pretty much predict visually what you're going to see uh, story-wise what you're going to see action sequences you're going to see it just seems very very Netflixy. that's going to be our new word it's Netflixy.
0: <laughs> yes and some at some point we'll kind of break that down we might have to have a A segment in a podcast where we break down what we would consider to be the attributes of a netflixy show um (laughs) i know that with certain a certain like cw like cwdc properties if you say it's a cw you know exactly what that means um netflix has this it's becoming a mirage of edginess like Right. Oh, this is gonna be edgy and unique. And then you get into it, and it's like it's not that unique and it's not as edgy and <laughs> not <laughs> <that> edgy. <laughs> it's none of those things. It's a little bit which makes it hot dish. So if you were
1: Well, what's funny is is that I, I just want to interject is that, you know, since we're all kind of sequestered into our homes, Netflix is accomplishing something. That is you could see a movie in your home that is very similar to the movie that you would have seen at the show or may not have seen. Right. Because if Rotten Tomatoes would have got a hold of this, I didn't even look at the Rotten Tomatoes review. Usually we kind of throw that into the bunch.
0: What's wrong with
1: that? But, um, you know, maybe you can look that up while I'm, I'll, I'll try to drag this a little on a little longer is that, um, you know, a lot of it is, is, uh, they're escaping that critical review and analysis that, um, most movies are not able to escape because they get that preview. And, um, like I said before, I wouldn't, you know, my, my vote into this movie is you wouldn't see this in the show. Now, from your comfort of your own home, yeah, if you got nothing to watch. Yeah, it's acceptable. Um, don't expect to be wowed. Um, you know, I saw people posting, like, wow, this is a great show. And I'm like, well, you know, I guess if you starred for action films, you would be thinking this is a great show. But um, it just kind of follows that pattern. Uh, that's more of my... I
0: agree. And I guess the... Okay, it's not, I guess. The audience score is 71%. Uh, the tomato meter is 81%. That's a little well, higher here. than I, Yeah.
1: Wow, we're really... Uh kind of slicing and dicing this
0: we are slicing and dicing this and i think what happens is this feels a little bit- just
1: starving there that's what it sounds like is people are starving for entertainment and they're just gonna like everything because either that or you're just gonna go crazy inside so it's like oh yeah you, you know you don't have quite the offering of selections of going to the theater to <laughs> could judge another show against another show just because you have a, a a main star in the comfort of your home she does not really say and you have this kind of mysterious, you know, non vampiric characters. You know, I, I don't know, Tom. Again, we're going we're going against the grain here, Tom.
0: We are, because what we're not going to be doing is we're not getting swayed into the herd mentality that social media and, you know, you go on Facebook, go on any of these Facebook sites. That's for old fogies, isn't it? Instagram uh, Twitter, hey, how was this movie? I think every social media, social media site has a different flavor, but I'm a part of a couple of different um, groups on Facebook, and it feels like 20 answers in a row are all it was great, it was great, it was great, it was great, and we're not feeling like it's that great. I think if you no. take the time to actually experience it, there's not much of a story. Um, the acting tries to save it, but you know one or two actors can't save the entire show um the action sequences were nowhere near the fighting sequences that were showed in extraction even though i didn't love mm-hmm. that film um so it just at the end of the day it doesn't differentiate itself itself as a unique well, look, look,
1: let's put it this way Let, this is how i'm gonna put it here i'm gonna you, you tipped on something and you know i know we tried to wrap this up but now you send me down a different hole here is that if you look at some of the views the ones that we saw Right. We saw Extraction. We saw this and we saw the Spike Lee movie. Right. The Five Bloods. You put those three movies together and I still enjoy Extraction the most.
0: I mean, that's true, but <laughs> 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 you really set those pylons up. And <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: well, Those you... are the main. Think about it. Those are really the main movies that have come out. Right. I'll put I mean... this
0: up. New Kingdom. Uh, Train okay. to Busan, uh Psycho.
1: Yeah, but that's a year. That was years ago, though. But that's okay. years ago. Well, I'm guys...
0: putting the pilots up now, Bill. Uh, Psycho Kinesis, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ip Man 4. I will watch those all day long. Those are so entertaining. I'll go back to them. That stuff is I mean, that's the stuff that I really that I that really does right. me more so than. Uh, extraction is the best of that though so to answer your question yes extraction is better than those other two properties yes, yeah
1: and, and, and what i say this is because this is 2020 netflix these are the big gun movies right right uh, I, I don't think we missed one uh those are the ones that i can't remember any um you mm-hmm. know there's comedies but i'm talking about action movies this is these are the three
0: Oh yeah. Not the show that you that you hated and were ready to vomit in your mouth and I liked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole cool, one. Uh, so let's land the plane here. So Bill uh, land
1: it. We're circling. Looks like we have a spot of the runway. Yes. It's time to land.
0: Time to land. So Bill, final not no more analysis. What is your, your would you um take it or leave it? Thumbs up or down?
1: Well it's funny is is I'll leave it, but at the time I took it because there was nothing else on. So, and I think that probably goes with a lot of the listening audience that probably have seen this already is that they, and yeah, there's nothing else really there to watch. And we saw it and we were like, yeah, that's it because the offering really wasn't there for movie selections. So I'd leave it. But at the time I took it, but it's almost, it sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but that's how Netflix is right now it's streaming. Now, if somebody who hasn't seen it, would I recommend to go see it? No, because there's probably so many other films that are that you could spend your time on to go see it. Let's just put it this way: if you didn't see it, you didn't miss anything.
0: Okay. So for me, I'll be a little bit more concise. <laughs> it's like we've re- reversed roles here. Like usually, that's the answer I would give. Um, like, Come on, Bill. Oh, this is a thumbs down. This is, there's nothing here to grab you. There isn't anything interesting. I didn't walk away with any kind of unique emotional experience. Uh, The connections weren't, you know, all that interesting or great. The story wasn't that great. The visuals weren't unique. So this is a blah thing, and I will give it a thumbs down. All right. So that has been our review of the old guard Mm -hmm. on Heroes Garage. So for now and until next time, so long. Bye-bye.